Hi, I'm Miriam Burke. And I'm Eving McBride. And welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week we'll be bringing you insights, advice and our own personal experiences, along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. With inflation at a 40-year high and energy and food prices soaring, many families are understandably struggling to keep their heads above water. In this episode, we chat to Anne-Marie Gaynor, aka Irish Budgeting Mammy, to get some practical money-saving advice and find out how she got herself out of crippling debt. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapour plug and nightlight, an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapours to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The Calpol Night Vapour Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapour Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label. So, Amory, how did your account come about? How did you get started? Were you always good with money or did it was it kind of something that came about because you needed to learn more about budgeting? Um, I needed to learn about budgeting. I was an absolute disaster. Um, I would have been what I always call come out in the Celtic Tiger years. So it was footballers, wives, it was Victoria Beckham. It was all that kind of stuff. Even when I couldn't afford it, I was in Brown Thomas buying stuff. So literally the banks give me credit cards after credit cards. And every time I would reach my limit, it was raised. So I was a complete disaster. When you know better, I think the whole of Ireland at the time just thought this money was just going to keep coming, coming. And then the crash happened. Uh, I lost my job because I worked for the Department of Education to pull the funding in the area I worked in. My ex-husband lost his job. He was in the building trade. Then we separated. Um, I had three children under the age of seven at the time. And I had to just, it was liver, liver sink, or, sink or swim. So I had to just learn how to be good with money. And like that, to me, there's so many different layers to to unwrap there (laughs) from like credit card debt to a separation and having to divide your own finances within the family. And then both of you losing your jobs. Yes. Where did you start? Like how or where do you start in that situation? I had to learn how to use money on my own because I I never did because we were together since we were in school. So literally it was always, oh, I have a bill or he's a bill. You know, we kind of always worked together. So I had to learn how to manage a budget on my own. And I'm probably very independent and probably maybe too independent now in my new relationship with money. And I I don't look for help, but that's because I learned how to do it and it was quite difficult, but I, I got there. So what what was the first thing you did? Like like and I suppose if anyone's listening now, you know, there's it's, it's very yeah. specific to you, but at yes. the same time like credit card debt like that is such a scary thing and I suppose when bills are coming through and final warnings and notices like Yes. I think the immediate reaction is to just maybe ignore it I and did. bury your head in the sand. And this is yeah. happening to a lot of people now. I know you're talking about yes. tiger yeah. times but like it seems like it's kind of this crash mentality yes. is in the mm. air again and people are getting scared like um, I did nothing for a little while. I actually reached a limit on my credit card. I just kept going and I didn't open the bills. I didn't do anything for a while and then when I couldn't pay the mortgage, it's kind of when it hit me because I couldn't lose my home. The, the home, I had worked so hard to get this house and I built it myself. So we, it was literally, there was so much emotional attachment into it. Eventually, then I rang up the banks and they were like, your house is in positive equity. So like we actually want it instead of, because they were giving help to all the people in negative equity. They wouldn't give me interest only. They wouldn't okay. do anything to help me. They said, your house is worth money, which was so rare at that time. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't know what to do. Eventually, somebody told me contact Mavs, so I did. They were absolutely amazing. I think I burst out crying on the phone the first day. Mm. I rang them. She says, "Come in, come into the office." She goes, "Don't open your letters. Just give them to me." So she dealt with all of that. I did go into the five-year bad credit rate, and it is what it is. Mm. You know, she says, "Why are you worried about it?" And I said, oh, "I don't know because you're always taught this is really, really wrong. You know, mm. you shouldn't get this bad credit. You know this." bad thing that's going to be over you but it was fine I went I worked through it it's gone now and you know I, I learned how to manage my money and she was the first person that sat down and worked out a budget with me and she literally went like uh, how, how are you surviving what are you eating are you eating b- baked beans I, said, I don't know I said at this stage I really don't know yeah. because I was in college as well I went back to college I got the Susie Grant and all that kind of thing I decided I should retrain into something who's working my sisters are nurses I said they're all working so I'm going to retrain as a nurse yeah well I think like the the big thing about budgeting is as you're saying like I feel like we're not taught it in school and unless I suppose a parent is very proactive in teaching their child about budgeting from a very young age to me it's it's a skill like there's definitely people that are better inherently better with money than others I would class myself as being bad with money um and I've had to learn I suppose as I've got older a little bit about budgeting but I would have been nearly like you when I was in college like I got um on freshers week I think it was the bank that were on campus were just giving out credit cards and the limit was 400 euro and I had a part-time job at the time in Topshop uh, or IP Topshop um (laughs) and I used to use my credit card nearly as like a, a debit card and I would use I would pay for stuff on my credit card and then I'd get paid into my current account and then I'd move it into my cr- anyway but then I started to realize like oh well if I, if I just don't pay back the credit card this month I can have a bit more like to go out with and buy clothes yes. with and whatever and that's where the danger comes but then my limit actually got increased obviously because I had been paying off bit by bit so yeah. it got increased up to 600 euro and like 600 euro okay it's not like a scary amount of money that you can't get yourself out of but I was in college I was working part-time I didn't even think I had to prove that I was working to get the credit card and then you just get into this kind of habit of it but to 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 get yourself out of even the habit of using credit like you have to learn that and you have to develop that skill so how did you I guess develop that skill or how like is it something that you had to just basically figure out yourself or well, they, they got me to cut up the credit card and bring it into the bank okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then I had no credit card and I had to go and just use what I had yeah and I would have been quite reliant on credit cards especially when the babies were small I'd be sitting up feeding them at night and I'd be like on Amazon buying a load of books and stuff that I never even read yeah and it was it was definitely a habit um with with learning how to live with no I have no credit card now I will never get a credit card again because I know emotionally uh, mentally I will always use the credit card if I have it I'm no, the same I have I never have had a credit card oh that's great never done yeah. 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 I don't know how I kind of avoided it but I've never had one and yeah. like at one stage I was kind of worried because I mean I thought oh you needed to prove like that you have you know you've been able to deal with that kind of thing it made me but feel I never like an had. adult yeah, that yeah. was yeah. I remember getting it going I'm an adult now I was 20 I was like I'm still in college I'm an adult and at the end of that 10 year credit card spree I owed more than a credit card I owed that I owed half of my yearly wage on a credit card oh my god yeah so it was so would you like recommend just don't get one 
don't get one yeah yeah you don't need it if you get an emergency fund in place have a little bit of money mm. set aside just for that kind of thing as in this weekend when i got stranded um i had my emergency fund so literally instead of needing a credit card i could pull from there yeah so let's talk a little bit about that because i think that's the idea of an emergency fund is really interesting yes. and i guess there's a lot of families at the moment especially who are living paycheck to paycheck yeah who feel like they can't afford what they could have afforded last year yes um or even a year ago six months ago and you know, even having 20 euro at the end of the month seems inconceivable. So where do you start with that? Like, is it, can you start saving with even like a fiver or a tenner? Yes. And that, should you? Is that important? Yeah, Actually, I think whatever is, you can save, you should. Yes, I think that's so important. And I always say that to people because when I was, say when I was in college and I was only getting social welfare, I used to start putting five euro by. Now, and by the end of the month, I could be taking that five euro or that 20 euro out to pay the ESB bill or get milk or stuff. But it was a habit. And this is the thing with saving. Uh, my parents never talked about money, never spoke about money, never said we've no money for this or we have money for this. It was just there or it wasn't a yeah. talked about thing. My mother liked to spend and I feel that you get an awful lot of your spending behaviours from your parents. And mm-hmm. um, with my own kids, they literally, I taught them how to save and th- without telling them, I saw them using the cash envelope system. So literally I saw them, Some one of them had money for a sheep because they're, they're all into farming. <laughs> money for sheep, money for, for music events and money for something else. Yeah. So literally they started doing it themselves. I, and I think as parents, as you, you touched on there, is that we need to actually sit down and talk to our kids about money and say, well, it's and it's okay to say, actually, we don't have money for this this week, but we might have next week. Because I came from the background where money was falling out of the tree, not because of anything, only my parents never talked to us about it. And then I went into the Celtic Tiger years where money was falling out of the trees from the banks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember those days as well. Like I was in college during the Celtic Tiger. Yeah. We were like the Celtic Tiger Cubs and just like loving life as if like nothing could go wrong. And yes. it didn't matter that my degree, I was doing a degree in English. Like, of course, I was going to get some. Goal, Same. I and I had a credit card. <laughs> <as well. laughs> yeah. But then, of course, we all know, like anyone listening to um, the podcast know what happened. And that like you and, you know, forced people to be to reassess everything. Yeah. Yes. And then, you know, we're still living with the repercussions of it all. And now we're going into this kind of new yes. cycle. Um, but uh, it's funny that you mentioned the um, the envelope system. Yes. Because that's what my dad used to do as well. And my sister does that now as well. She's like, I put a little bis- um, piece of, you know, 20 euro in the, for a wedding, you know, yes. that's coming up yeah. or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I just was like, oh, that's really cute, you know. <laughs> I saw my really mum do Antiquated, it. but yeah. you think that, like, that's still a good idea. Yes, yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember seeing my mum do that for the milkman and different things like that. You know, she put the money aside, but she never told mm. us what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would tell the kids what, what I'm doing with the money. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely, co- it's really taken a big revival. Mm. And especially, uh, you know, I think a lot of places are turning cashless and stuff like that. And I, I personally, I don't agree with it. Yeah. Um, my own kids would go around mowing lawns and all that kind of stuff from a younger, you know, from 12 or 13. And they get paid in cash nobody's going to move it into a Revolut account do you know what I mean yeah. nobody's got you know some people give them 20 euros some people give them 30 but it's how they learn about money by mm. doing that kind of mm-hmm. thing well I do that with Revolut yes like I do have my what you call them like what is it called wallets I think and you know just kind of compartmentalize like that but um it's so much easier when you can see it you know yeah, yeah it's tangible. physical physical aspect yeah. Yeah. and yeah. I did when I was in college I used to work in um and a factory where they had a, I used to work in the account section and when I'd be putting the figures in like the data input it was like oh yeah 1,000, 2,000 and it didn't bother me when they sent me to the cash um, a cash office and I'd be counting the physical cash I'd be going oh my god I have 3,000 euro in my hand right yeah. now here I can feel it imagine if I walked out with this there was that inner excitement of knowing what it was mm-hmm. and even in schools they teach them to count with the fake money mm-hmm. so it's yeah. 
you know, so, and it's especially, I'm dyslexic and my eldest son is dyslexic and he's brilliant with money because he can physically count his cash, you know, so, and mm-hmm. he literally, I said, where's your bank card when we're on holidays? And he goes, oh, that got blocked. And I was like, all right, okay. And then I said, do you not want to go and get another one? No, I prefer having money. Okay. Yeah. Do you know what? I've started playing shop with Fionn, who's two. Yes. And he taps a fake card. Does he? Yeah. Oh my God. So we so use because he's seen me go yes. to the shop and do that because that's yeah. all I do. I don't use my phone. I like use my card the whole time, just tap, tap, tapping everything. And Fionn just one day decided he was going to play shop, and I was, went along with it. And he used the screen of the baby monitor yeah. as the tap machine, and then got a you know one of my um, loyalty cards or whatever. To pretend it was his own little card. I've had I've had that with my. He seven. doesn't know what money yeah. is. <laughs> I, I remember my seven-year-old going to me. Well, I didn't use cash all the time, but I remember I found the cash envelopes hard to work when I was on social welfare because yeah. I didn't have enough money to put in the envelopes. Yeah. So I used to use the card a lot. And my daughter was young, and she goes, "Go to the bank. I want to. I want to get something." And I was like, "Well, no." I said, "Robin, there's there's. I don't have any money in the bank." What's she talking about? The card gives you the money. And I was like, "No." I said, "I have to pop money into the bank." And I could see her little head was just going, I can't compute, can't compute. What are you talking about, Mammy? And mm. I literally, even now, she go, can I use your card? Because she loves that sensation of tapping. I'm like, no, no. I said, here's the physical cash. Yeah. Go in there and count that out for me. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. So uh, you just mentioned that there, but the idea of the envelopes and like if you don't have that month to put something into the yes. envelope. Like that, I think th- th- that's a massive thing at the moment for families. Like obviously, you know, if it's rent or mortgage, is yes. that number one? Like how do you approach it? Do you pay your kind of outgoings that can't be ignored or skipped first and then yes. look at what you have left. So what I do is, what, what the system I use is pay yourself first. So if you only have 10 euro, 20 euro to put by in that paycheck, put that by first okay. and then go down to your fixed expenses, I call it. So there be your things like your ESB bills because you have to pay that, your broadband, um, your, your mortgage, all that kind of thing and then move on to your food and stuff like that. So your car fuel, your food, beauty and fun is one of mine. If I, if I have enough money, but if I don't, that's okay. I'll put it into the food and stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's kind of the system I kind of use and I always say you were talking about people ignoring it and putting their head in the sand. I was doing this a little bit this summer because the bills are gone so big. My electricity bill was 600 euro for May and June. I actually had a similar <laughs> 600 euro for two months and I nearly died. And this yeah. is in yeah. summer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so literally I was oh. burying my head in the sand quite a little bit, which I shouldn't do on my Irish budget, mummy. <laughs> but I literally then I had to take out a piece of paper and I wrote down every single thing I owed and I went, right. The relief, I was afraid to do it. And then the relief when I did it worked and I just ticked them off as I went along. And I always tell people to pay a little bit of their bill. So if you get a 600 euro bill and you don't have the money, pay 100 euro. Just always look like that you're paying. And that's something that Mab's taught me was always pay just a little bit because you're making an effort. If you bury your head in the sand, they're going to cut you off eventually. That's a good tip. Like that's something that I wouldn't have kind of taught myself. Yes. You know, that you can... You don't have to pay it all. No, I mean, you no. don't have to pay it all in full. But yeah, exactly. Just to to show that you're you know good for it, that you can. Yes, give and a that you're bit. making an effort. Yeah. And ring them up. Because yeah. like, people are always so, so afraid to ring them up. And I remember that the day, I remember the day years ago when I did it with all my different bills. And they were all quite nice on the phone. Now, your house, your mortgage, that is really important. Yeah. You know, I say that would al- I would always say try and deal with that first. Mm-hmm. And then your ESB bill. Because, you know, th- there are two things you can't live without. You can live without your phone. We might all be tortured, but we can on our broadband. But houses and that well, we're already thinking about what we're going to do for winter you know we're not yes. going to be turning on the 
the boost of the elect- or the heat that we used to. And it's like, I suppose we're just going to wear more layers. I think everyone's talking about yeah. that. At the we're moment. getting a chimney yes. sneep in, a sweep in. I know like fires are kind of... Um, poo-pooed against now because of the <laughs> environmental, environmental effects yeah. but it's just like it's actually going to keep us warm without turning on the and you know fuel is cheaper blankets and, and yeah yeah, yeah I, I hear a lot and so many people are really really panicking about this and they're right to be and I think a lot of things in the media is about tips on how to do this this and the other but we were not addressing the actual problem of like why are these prices rising and when are they going to stop well, this is the thing. Our, our um, electricity supplier is Panda Power. And we yes. got an email last week to yes. say they're exiting the Irish market. So they're still going to do our bins, but not our energy. Um, and it was like, you can go, we recommend going here for your um, electricity, here for your gas, or you can go on to bonkers or switchers or whatever, .ie, and, and figure out what the best thing is for you. But I'm like, and it's kind of like the banks as well. Like the less competition there is in the market, even I feel like that's really scary. Because like, what, is there going to be two suppliers and then it's basically yeah. they get to dictate the prices yeah. for the entire country mm-hmm. um and but like that is the thing as well like how kind of moving on from like our own personal input and um responsibility to control our finances like what should we be doing or what should the government be doing like should we be looking at this as like this is a problem that we need to uh, government need to address absolutely and i love i love the european countries have capped their energy prices which i think is a good thing um literally because you know that your esb is not going to rise in the next 20 percent in the next two months you know even if it's capped for a certain amount of time um, people are really riddled with anxiety people are actually that you know they're doing okay now are terrified of what's going to come and a lot of people message me and they say they're up at night they're not sleeping and I know the actual physical and mental torture that ends up being, because I remember when it was me and I was really, really struggling, I, I lost about three stone and I lost half my hair, you know, from financial pressure. But this is so underlooked in our in our whole society. You know, they're given cheap and cheerful tips, but they're not actually addressing the problem. Mm. And I think as well, it was interesting just before we started recording how you mentioned that you used to work in Dublin. Yes. And you now don't. Yes. Because of the increased price of energy I worked fuel. In, yeah I worked in forensic mental health for five years I mean, I was I was pushed out of my job because of the rising costs w- one week's wage was actually was covering one month's diesel to go to my work so that's not sustainable you know it's it's absolutely where does it end and that was before the energy prices increased as much as they have that have was be- you worked out how much it would cost now if you I haven't I'm actually I haven't I literally met somebody at the airport yesterday and I was saying to her she works there I said that how much because she was talking about how much it's going to cost her and she just only has a short distance and I said I couldn't even imagine what it would cost me now I know that's yeah. crazy and like that's such a massive thing for you to just not and you what you were doing is so specialized you were yes. saying it was forensic yes. psychiatry nursing yes yeah um and you now don't work in that field no. anymore no and I can't because there's only one place in the country that does it yeah and have they filled your position um I or have see, they been able to I they kind of have a role in of nurses all the time but everywhere's very short-staffed yeah. an awful lot of nurses are going to Australia so literally I'm I'm doing a bit of agency work here there and they're saying we've no nurses can you come to work for us because they're literally so short-staffed but there is nothing to entice young people to stay especially when you're just qualified and you're on the lower increments there's no yeah. reason to, you know to stay in Ireland well, why would you be working your ass off you know and yes. doing this important work and yet going home and stressing about yourself and not being able to, you know, not being able to have your own free time, your yes. own time to do, to live. Yes. You know, that's what it's about. People are just, 
not able to live anymore well, because it's not about going to like you know back in the Celtic Tiger years going to Brian Thomas yeah no it's, it's actually just like how am I gonna feed clothe heat like you know what I mean like yeah. really like the fundamental basic things you know, that are nearly a human right but I was even thinking them. about Christmas again because it's coming up mm-hmm. and there's the um for, for families there's the presence for for children to think about which is the main thing because now uh, you know adults are being like let's not do presents for yes. us we don't need them or we'll do Chris Kindle or I whatever it's going to be really common this year yeah well yeah. it should be anyway we yeah. don't need all the stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know it's not just presents anymore it's the experiences you know going doing things yes. and seeing Santa has always been a big thing but there's all of this wonder and lovely magic going on that all costs so much money so like that's where you're at so like yeah. it's, it's mental but then you're like, <laughs> the people who are putting on Santa have their costs too. That's so it's just all, yes. you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all cyclical, but yeah. <sighs> but it's, yeah, it's hard. It's very hard. I suppose day to day as well, Amory, you're great at putting up um, meal plans yes. and shopping lists, which yes. I think are so helpful. Mm. And, you know, I even know myself, when you don't kind of go into the supermarket with a set plan in place, it's very easy. Even when you go to the, the cheaper, the more affordable supermarkets, they're usually German um, you can be derailed and, and like the convenience as well like I'm the queen of convenience I love just <laughs> reheating something um, but you know to if you don't go in with a plan you can really and even in the, the places that I would have been like oh my god it's amazing you can get your shopping for 75 euro and now you're like oh it's a hundred and something euro do you know what I mean yes. and you're buying the same yeah. stuff how do you do that do you sit down with recipe books what's the best way to approach this even for someone who maybe isn't that good at cooking okay so I'm I learned all this when I was in college when I was back in college as a mature student because food was one of the things that I really struggled you know kind of trying to keep the cost down because I like you I would have been convenience mad (laughs) you know I I would have like loved the pre-chopped carrots pre-chopped everything so I, I had to cut right down so basically what I do is I mean, I'm a woman with a plan. So I meal plan before I go. I check out my kitchen presses to make sure I have, see what I have. And then I plan around it. I don't, I like to give them good foods. So I kind of substitute a lot. So what I would do would be, maybe I'll have steak one night. And people like steak on a budget. But you know, from from Lidl or wherever, I would use, I'd get steak. But then another night I'll have a vegetarian dish. So that's why I do a whole weekly meal plan. So that I'm not kind of having this, you know, kind of, cheaper meals and then more expensive meals and they'll do it that way like we eat fine you know like the prices have gone up that my kids are getting older um you know so but also, sorry you have four kids I like four, four kids. kids yeah is like i fair play to you for sorry <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how you keep i love going. babies that's <laughs> why but um you know even like i have two and that's very expensive like to have multiples you know of yeah. like three four like that is teenage so boys and yeah. Uh, yeah. out of interest you have a two-year-old as well i'm um, two-year-old do they actually eat what you put in front of you <laughs> um, i don't know i said he's probably the worst fed one of all of mine because the other was i was all organic when there were babies and all this kind of stuff can't yeah. afford that nowadays but um th- he, he he'll eat kind of whatever we eat yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. that is so 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 destroying where you've like bought the bits and you're yeah. making the food and then but, half c- of it's but on that's the my problem like because I I'm trying to be more mindful about what I buy as in the cost. Yes. I mean there's no organic in my house either. Um but 
he, but he doesn't eat it. So then there's so much waste. There's a David Coleman, I remember watching a program with him once and he says kids won't starve. I remember it was about something about kids like getting worried about not, the, the parents were worried the kids weren't eating the meals and I went, looked at him and went, oh my God, he's right. And like yeah. after that, I, I stopped stressing about it because they will eat when they're hungry. But you know what, that is a good <laughs> tip. And you know, we had a, we had a um, dietitian, Orla Walsh, on yeah. before and she was actually very good about that. Yeah. I think I, I felt like we were going to be like, read the right act. <laughs> yeah. like, this is what the children need to eat. And she was like, if they eat something, it's something. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, this is, I feel so seen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you, so you go in with your list. I go in my list. You, I have, Do you shop around? Do you go no, to different supermarkets no, or do you that's, stay? That's one thing I've always said. I don't shop around because okay. if I go to different supermarkets, I would buy, oh yeah, that looks nice. That looks nice. I just go into the one supermarket. I have my list. I try to stick to the same actual supermarket. So I'm, I know where everything is. Run in, go without the kids, especially the teens. Um, get a smaller trolley is one of my tips because you don't have room to try anything extra in. So you know the kind of the full trolley and then the half trolley. So I go in with a half trolley and I'm like, right, okay, I've no room for anything else. And I just go to the counter and leave. Um, so it's all very planned, all very organized. And especially when you're a working mum, you kind of don't have the time to spend an awful time looking at a whole lot of different things. So it's that's where I got kind of into this whole military shopping kind of experience because I didn't have the time. Do you feel there, like you eat health? Sorry, do you feel like you eat healthier? Um, I do. We eat very healthy. I cut out I, actually recently at lockdown. I cut out all the crisps, biscuits, stuff because the kids were killing each other over them, and that, there wasn't cost at the time. But it brought down my shopping massively. So we have no crisps, biscuits, sweets, anything like that coming to the house now. And they don't miss it. No, because they used to eat whole packets, so the other one wouldn't get it. This is when as <laughs> they got older, and I was like, right, I can't. And then I started buying the one packet each and putting their names on it, but they were stealing each other's. So I said, that's it. There's no more. That's <laughs> ruthless. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But they don't miss. I make cake and I make you know apple apple pie and all that kind of thing but so they don't miss it they have a little bit of sweetness you sound like super mommy I'm I like it should be Irish super <laughs> mommy making homemade apple pie oh my god but um just like from the energy point of view for with the house yeah. full of like a four kids who presumably have a lot of like devices plugged oh, yes, in yeah. and you know the phone chargers and the xboxes yes. or whatever like, do you have any rules around that kind of thing? Right. I used to go, go, no, it's not worth my hassle. It's not worth the stress of my head to be going around giving out to them. And now I've changed after that 600 euro ESB bill. I am going around, I'm plugging everything. Do I stop plugging, I'm plugging stuff. <laughs> she have to do it again. <laughs> Turning off immersion heaters. They're, they would set their alarm early in the morning to go down and turn on all the water, every water thing, so they can all have showers. And I'm just literally getting up after them, turning it off. I said, no, that's it. You don't need it on that long. So I have turned it kind of military with it, which isn't ideal because it's not very comfortable on my part, you know, mm. and it's, it is, but oh, I, I have to do it and we all have to do it yeah, for the time must, being. Yes, it? yeah, yeah. I feel like as well, like it's it's slightly different. Um, myself and my husband bought a house recently and we, before, I I suppose we were saving and yes. whatever, but to, I think when you're aware of me that the banks are going to be forensically looking through yeah. your bank account or your bank statements, it really brought into focus kind of how much I needed to cop on yes. and like look at what we were actually spending every yeah. month. Um, and I was shocked by like stuff like that. Like even like say, I, I felt like I was very frivolous before. Yeah. And now when I think about like the small changes you can make. So I'm a bit yes. like you, like I turn off chargers and whatever. I'm like militant about the yes. immersion going on and off. Um, I have to say we use our tumble dryer a lot and yeah. our washing machine a lot, but we have two small kids who are just constantly filthy. So yes. you, there's no way around that. Like yeah. what do you do? Buy more clothes? Then it's like, you're buying more clothes bad for the environment. You know, that's yes. a, it's a vicious circle or cycle. Um, but even stuff like, I think one of my things that I am, I'm really steadfast in now, even though I'm no one's checking my bank account, 
takeaway coffees. Yes. Yeah. Or when you're out, I yeah. doing that. I was just I, thinking I, this. Out and about spending. Like yes. I feel like you'd, you'd even go to the playground with the kids. You might like stop into the shop and buy something. And then, you know, if you're get, getting a coffee, this is obviously like pester power. My daughter would be like, I want a gingerbread band. So then yeah. I'd buy her one. Then I'd feel guilty that the other one didn't have one. So, you know, and I, yeah. all of a sudden it's your 20 euro yes. out the door. Yeah. So is that something as well that you recommend? Like just be very careful of when you're going out or even on a night out, I suppose. It's like another whole, to yeah, <laughs> whole topic. You know, do you, when you're going out on like a day trip with the kids, do you have a certain budget in mind? Yes. Do you bring stuff with you? Like what way do you approach um, it? When they were small, it was really easy to do because they never questioned it. You know, mm. I bring the the pack lunches, the yeah. whole kind of thing. Now they've got older, especially the teens. I just feel like, oh, it's like 10 year old. Just go into an arcade, go here, go... I've got very much like I've set the money. So I now I say this is our fun envelope. This is how much we have to spend today. And that's it. And I, I will I will say no. And I think that's important as well, because a lot of times kids don't hear the word no. And, you know, they don't understand it. But I will say, no, actually, we're not. I'm not getting that today. It's not in today's budget. And the teens will go, well, you have more money. I said, that's not for that. You know, so I've, I'm quite militant over that. But especially with coffees, and was one of my weaknesses going to work. And I'd be like, oh, I'm up at five o'clock. I deserve this coffee. And there's a drive through coffee place in Dundrum. Yeah. And the coffee, yeah, the <laughs> coffees were coffee. so nice. Yeah. So I literally, I was like, well, when I started back at work, especially in the whole COVID thing, I was going, oh, I'm here in this mask and this outfit the whole day. I deserve this coffee going in here, blah, blah, blah. And literally, I remember one woman going, oh my God, how much have I spent on coffees? So what I started doing then was putting a set amount of money in an envelope. And I used to call it my work envelope. So it was just literally for any of those shop runs. So you're not feeling like you're completely depriving yourself either. Because if you completely deprive yourself, what what is the point in going to work for your money? You know, that kind of, you start getting That's so much I mean resentment over it. Yeah. yeah, and your money's meant to be enjoyed as well. So once the bills are taken care of, but you're not meant to splurge, you know, it says you're not paying your bills. So you just have to kind of ration it up into little squares. I say it's my life in squares. There, yeah. there are little things you can do that seem like a bit, ugh. Um, but when you do do them eventually, yeah. you don't need the things anymore. Yes. Like um, we, my husband got this really amazing um, coffee cup like you know reusable one it's just really nice and it's easy to clean and everything because yeah. i hate like cleaning those things and um like so we just we buy a, a, a thing a pack of really good coffee and make it in the french press and then he just puts it in there and it's just like oh you know yeah like it's still it's nice just, it's still yeah. nice it's still good enough but you're not you know just going through the, yeah. the motions of getting paying oh, like nearly four euro yeah. or when, more one of my big things where i got rid of was sky so i got rid of sky okay. when i was and never i literally thought i'm never going to survive without sky and the kids were, were like withdrawal symptoms like they were like when are we getting boomerang back when are we getting this back i was like when i finished college and then the years passed and i went i'm never paying for sky again yeah. I, I never got back in i said you know what we've got netflix i said and we've got the survey for you whatever the free channels are i said that's enough so you do get used to going without. It's nearly like you have to go through a withdrawal period. Yeah. But then when you get to the other side, you go, actually, what was I thinking? Why did I need that so much when you didn't actually need it? Do you know that kind of way? So you mentioned it, you touched on it a little bit before about your kids doing the yes. jobs, um, you know, cutting grass, whatever. Is that something that you're really um, passionate about, that children should learn the value yes. of earning money from a young age by by doing it? So we live on a farm, so it was quite easy for them. They got a sheep. They buy a sheep with their, only, with their confirmation money. And um, my eldest, I think, has, oh, what did you tell me? He's 120 sheep or something from it. Yes. Oh so they, he, yeah, <laughs> and he had a job cutting silage for the summer and, you know, he's buying his own car, you know, so he's saving up for these kind of things. And I really, really encourage it because I literally, it's, 
I, I'll always know he's going to be okay. You know, I always know he's going to go out there and go, right, actually, I need money. I'm going to make money. This is how I'm going to do it. And it's for his math skills even. Like, you know, he's like, I, I said, where is the money you made during the summer? I've reinvested into 120 something lambs and the other sheep they has as well. And I was like, all right, okay. And he goes, so by, when I sell them, I'm going to have this money and I'm going to buy this car. So I can get a bit better car, mommy. So this is the kind of thing. This is why I always encourage them, especially from 12 on, you know, kind of to do a little jobs and different things. Then 15-year-old was busy in the bog and that's going to be gone now as well. You know, so he was busy tur- footing turf and he'd go around to other people's houses and ask, well, can, do you need anyone to put foot turf? Phone was ringing and they go, are you his mum and I was like yeah and then they were like oh can we is he free to fuck turf or is he busy and I was like oh, this is your own empire going here are you getting 10% <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there's somebody at the door for you I said they want to know are you free to fuck for turf so yeah I encouraged them kind of to do that kind of thing but my daughter now I don't I don't know why I said I just she my daughter she doesn't seem to have a, a handle on it at all okay. yeah so but I think for girls it's a little bit different it's easier for boys for that kind of thing to go around. Well, I actually feel yeah. like for, as an urbanite, babysitting was a great one when I was a teenager. Yes, yeah. But now I feel like, and I, me included, like, I don't know, like, when I think about how young I was when I was babysitting kids, like, I was 14 babysitting kids on my road and, like, the mum and dad would go out for the night yes. and I'd be there to whatever. They'd always say they'd be home earlier than they were. But, um... I don't know if I'd let a 14-year-old mind my two kids. Or I, I just feel like I wouldn't subject a 14-year-old yes. to minding my two kids. So you know what I mean? Like it, those kind of little part-time jobs are very hard to come by now. They are so hard to come yeah. by. I mean, like, I remember putting up shops, ads in the shop to do babysitting yeah. myself, you know, and I, I have the, my number waiting for people to ring me up. That was really easy to do. But I think that's why I say for girls, it's a little bit harder to, to find those kind of jobs. Although <laughs> she's getting a sheep, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and what about pocket money? You know, do you give pocket money or like do you pay your kids to do chores around the house or is chores just like part of the household and there's no payment given because I know there's a f- like kind of change in mindset for a few people yes. uh, families these days being like no we're not going to you know pay our kids to wash the dishes or whatever I, just, don't I, I had I just talked about this before on my Instagram mm. and I got a lot of um, different opinions and yeah, one of them yeah. was that even children doing chores was child abuse what yeah so I got <laughs> so I got a lot I, I, my inbox is full and I was like oh, I'm not dishes, able not not yeah I know I was like I'm not able for this and um so I, I kind of, I've got to learn to kind of stay away from certain subjects. But um, yeah, I do pay them for chores. So that's it. So with my daughter, she was spending all the money in the pound shop. Okay, so she got her chores and it was like burning. She would get five euros, <laughs> burning this, bring me this, bring me a bit. So now we bank it. So she's yeah. like, she has to give it to us in the bank. And then when she's going someplace, she goes, can I take out some of my pocket money? So there yeah. is ways and means around it where the boys used to be saving it, saving it, saving it, where she was like, get me to the shop. <laughs> I know. But that's because it's like, there's better stuff to buy when you're a girl yes um, yeah yeah but is that so that so that is actually a valid way to teach them that it's yes. not necessarily it has to be an external source of income coming in that they yes. can actually earn money for doing chores within the house yes. within the home yeah yeah um, and you and you would pay, yeah, well you i do would pay. yeah i do yeah. yes and i have for years yeah yeah that, yeah, I, yeah it's interesting like I was never given pocket money as a child that's like another way that I blame my parents I'm like you should have taught me um but yeah we never got pocket money ever I, yeah. and we ne- like friends would have be like oh I bought this with my pa- bought this magazine with my pocket money or chewing gum I think it was probably because my mum and dad didn't want me to buy chewing gum I don't know <laughs> but um I think like yeah it was it was never I never knew how much stuff cost yes um and I still yeah. have to do chores so you know probably would have been good to be like and I wasn't deprived. So like if, if I had that mentality of knowing that if, if you do something, you get something for it. Yeah. We, and then it's up to you to how you spend it. We used to get pocket money that we were encouraged to save for 
Christmas presents for people basically that's kind of what we saved for so we were buying yes. for, for other people I don't know but also when we got older and we got a bit more money like to buy our clothes or whatever in Topshop <laughs> <laughs> and um but yeah we did we did our but I don't think we got the money for doing anything yes we just got it <laughs> like, oh like it was your kind of weekly allowance wage. I suppose yeah. yeah but we did do bits around the, the house as well so that we weren't yeah. like completely just you know mommy and daddy's little prince and princesses you know just being given the money here and there I know people though who like were during college given an allowance just for nothing I was like that is amazing how do you yeah. get that <laughs> <laughs> but like that is that I think that's like now I when I think about that I, I just couldn't and I and I feel like even with my own kids I am doing things that I know I shouldn't be doing like when we're like for example when we go if I bring my daughter to the supermarket and the middle aisles are heaving with different a different assortment of toys week on week like she'll see stuff and if it's like four euro like I'll just be like I yeah go on and then I'm like afterwards I'm like what am I doing like that is so bad to just yes. give in to yeah. this thing and, and and legitimize it in my own head because I'm like oh it's only a couple of euro um because I don't want my kids to grow up thinking that like money grows on trees yeah. or that you get stuff whenever you want it well, I'm doing that with Fiona as well like as I was saying earlier he likes playing shop but he also likes going to the shop like he requested to go to the spa over going to the playground the other day so we could walk around and put things in the basket yeah. and I just like, went around <laughs> putting them out again but he does <laughs> like like the mo- going up t- and put like giving yes. the shopkeeper um, whatever he's picked out orange juice or something and and doing the tap yeah and then but he has to we have to buy something to do that and I'm just like where the hell am I going with this um, but that's <laughs> up to me to you know just I think that control I think, it mm, <laughs> and control I think myself yeah I think that's why I, I did the chore thing because like you my uh, mine just we got things but we did the chores but we never got the money to physically kind of work out what we do with the money so with the kids now I encourage them at Christmas time save their money for to buy each other little presents bring them into pennies but they have to go to the counter and kind of count what they have in the basket work out if they have enough money and it's the aspect of actually learning how to use the money themselves yeah um so how young is too young? What what age do you start them at? About seven or eight. Okay. Yeah, about seven or eight is kind of when I get them. Because before that, they don't really get the concept. I heard recently yeah. that, like, we're actually starting our kids a bit late doing the chores. Yeah. And that, like, w- you know, Fionn loves it, um, climbing oh, chores, up on yeah. the... Oh, so were we talking about the money? money? The money, oh. yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. still just being <laughs> like, the, put, my, oh, no. p- put my two-year-old to work. <laughs> I think what was that clean-up song? I remember I watched in crashes years ago with the clean-up song for the, like, one-and-a-half-year-olds up to kind of tidy up the, the toys afterwards. So, yeah, the chores yeah. okay. Well, I suppose they have yeah. to be able to count to be able to yes. uh, know anything about money. <laughs> no, I've noticed that my daughter just started a Montessori in September and she's become, it's it's mind-blowing how quickly they just cop on that you have to do, like, you have to go with the status yes. quo. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. And, like, she's become so much better with, like, if you're like, okay, it's tidy up time now. She's like, okay. And, like, loves yes. doing it. Or, like, even tidies her own room up. I'm like, this is amazing. Yes. Should have got them in years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, Amory, where do you kind of feel like, you know, for yourself in the next couple of months, how are you going to broach the spiralling cost of living? Um, like I said, I've turned into the ESB police, electricity police. Yeah. So I'm going around doing all that kind of thing. I'm very, I'm going to be very careful with the oil this year. I think we got very spoiled with with the lower oil prices the past couple of years. I said that I'm shouting at them already. I said that's it. No more turning on these radiators because the teens started learning how to turn on the heat themselves last year, and we were baked because they were literally turning it on at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's a time to buckle down. Like uh, something has to be done about the rising costs. But till then, we have to kind of make sure we were able to afford our lives. And definitely with tracking your money is a huge one. Seeing what you can cut back on, cutting your subscriptions, you know, Sky, Spotify, you know, do you, do you really need to pay for it when you can have it and just listen to ads? You know, all these kind of things, sit back and see where you can make the cuts to survive because I think that's a big thing everyone's very worried about are they actually going to survive what's going to come yeah so go through your subscriptions yeah you know and the, a little changes them. at the ground you know it's, it's always says look after your pennies the pounds look after themselves and it really does work that way I always say with tracking your money it's like it's like a food diet you know like if you if you go to Weight Watchers and they want you to track your, your eating when you write that down you're going oh no I shouldn't have ate that but you're accountable I suppose yes. it's all about accountability yeah, yes. yeah. so when, yeah. You, when you write down what you've spent you're going Oh, why did I go and spend that? I didn't need that. I didn't want that. I just did it. Yeah. And you mentioned MABS a few times. Yes. But like if people are finding themselves in dire straits, yes. you would say just go to MABS. Like Absolutely. That's the first port yeah. Call. yeah. Yeah. I went to MABS and they were brilliant. I did a talk for MABS in Cork for the 30th anniversary. I'm a massive supporter for them. And I, you know, it's for me, they give me as much emotional support as they did for my fin finances. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, okay. That thank was you. insightful. And I hope that I'm going to put a lot of these things into place for myself. Yeah, too, I yeah. am. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank, oh, you. thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. If you enjoyed it, we have so many other amazing episodes for you to go back and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to like us and hit subscribe. Don't forget to tune in again next time. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapor plug and nightlight, an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapors to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The nightlight emits a soft light to help comfort your child and guide you in the room so that you don't disturb your sleeping child. The Calpol night vapor plug and nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label.